0: So has the COVID-19 pandemic shown us our true selves?
1: My Angelo has a quote, and it says, when people show you who they are, believe them. I'm not sure if it's a question of whether or not we've seen our true colors and more of a conversation about what have we been teaching and what have we been doing. From the
0: shutdown to social distancing and even death, COVID-19 has taken a toll on many even if they didn't catch the virus.
2: All the rise in anxiety, depression, um, has caused a huge rise in eating disorders because food you can control. During the pandemic, it was the only thing you could control.
0: But there's always hope of a brighter future and our lessons learned could help generations to come.
1: It makes us more aware of what those disparities are so that we can do something about it. We can't do anything about things that we don't see and that we don't understand. And so now we have a level playing field in the terms of we can see now and now that we see we can do
0: i'm rich clindworth as the country opens up and we get back to a life that looks more like normal we're taking a look at the impact the past year and a half has had on all of us in season two episode 15 of talk like a pirate We're joined now by mental health therapist and second-year Ph.D. student, Krissa Jewell-Allen, who works for ECU's Navigate Counseling Clinic. Her area of Ph.D. study is counselor development. Plus, she's a published author of the book, For Them Overcoming and Beyond, which is a collection of poems designed to help people through hard times. She is also an ECU alumna. Joining us as well is registered dietitian, Tara Wind, who is a clinical assistant professor and dietetic internship director in ECU's Department of Nutrition Science. Tara, Krista thanks for joining us.
2: Thank you for having us. Thank you for having me.
0: One quick note, we are recording this in a spacious conference room in ECU's College of Allied Health Sciences, but at the time of this recording, an indoor mask policy is still in place. So if we sound a bit muffled, It is because we are all wearing masks. As we continue to open up more and more, what kind of statement could you make about our mental health in the United States because of this virus? Chris or Jewel?
1: Yes, I would say, you know, counseling is a very much culturally responsive field. And so we really do work to Meet the needs of the society at that particular time. And because of the pandemic, there has been isolation, sometimes depression, anxiety, and a lot of the other uh, mental health disorders that have, you know, been a part of our sphere of our society in general, just because of social media and everything else. They seem to be a bit more exacerbated just because people were at home and they weren't able to express themselves. They weren't able to become a part of, you know, their friend groups and socialize in that way. And so it's very much exacerbated uh, current issues, exacerbated uh, past issues that people may have, and then probably have, has created a unique set of new symptomology that we might be looking at in the future. Are we getting over
0: this to an extent since things are starting to open up? Or are these situations that have been er- exacerbated, are we carrying those forward for an indefinite amount of time?
1: It's likely that they'll be carried forward. Mental health is very nuanced and uh, can not really be something that somebody just kind of gets over to a certain extent. And so there are parts of it and pieces of it that people may continue to carry with them throughout their lifetime. And along the same lines, Tara,
0: some people might not think right away of nutrition whenever it came to this pandemic. Whenever you're looking at nutrition and fitness, how has that been hampered because of the COVID-19?
2: We knew that the effects of COVID-19 on nutrition and fitness were negative, but I do not think we knew to what extent until recently. I think just in studying relationships with food, eating habits, um, you know, what, what food means to us as a society and culturally and gathering, but also food access. I think all these issues have really come to light in the past few months.
0: Specifically, what kind of things have come to light?
2: Um, Especially relationships to food. You know, we went from a very structured environment where we could grocery shop all we wanted to, we could go sit with friends, we could cook and have family dinners. And all of a sudden, when the pandemic started, um, grocery shopping in particular turned to be a dreadful experience where you just want to get in, get out. Um, It also led to people going to the grocery store much less, but also, you know, with the ingredients, you don't always know what's going to be there. Um, But also with gathering, I missed family dinners. I'm used to having my seven nieces and nephews, my parents over and cooking. And all of a sudden cooking just kind of lacklustered. You know, like I'm not really excited to just cook for myself. Um, But also eating for reasons other than hunger. You know, all of a sudden you're home and the fridge is right there and you have chips on hand. And that, you know, I think overall COVID really led to an increase in stress-related eating and eating for reasons other than hunger, which now has manifested in like weight gain and, perhaps unhealthy eating habits. And
0: I heard a term recently, the quarantine 15. Have you heard that?
2: Yeah, it's, uh, I read in a couple studies, it's been anywhere from 15 to 30 pounds, but that also takes, you know, activities of daily living went to nothing. You'd be surprised just walking up the stairs, walking to your office and you find yourself at home with the gyms closed and it's winter time and you're just not getting the activity that you used to combined with all the excess calories Um, but also you know another thing is with portion sizes when you're eating by yourself in front of the TV and distracted you don't realize how much more you eat than if you're sitting across from somebody and having a conversation you tend to eat much less all the rise in anxiety depression um, has caused a huge rise in eating disorders because food you can control during the pandemic it was the only thing you could control and so even in North Carolina if you were trying to be treated for an eating disorder right now, there's like a five-month wait to see a registered dietitian that specializes in eating disorders. Mm-hmm. So what do They have never been so overwhelmed.
0: So what do the people with eating disorders do while they're waiting?
2: That's the hard part. So they're often unrecognized because, you know, primary care practitioners look for overweight and obesity. But you could be in normal weight and have an eating disorder and you won't know. You can't tell by looking at somebody. So yeah, my friends in private practice that treat eating disorders specifically have months and months of wait, which is really in some ways unacceptable because if you need treatment, you need treatment now. You know, you can't wait and the outcome might be much different a few months from now.
1: But I mean, that's true for, uh, you know, on the mental health Aside, outside of eating disorders at all, we're all kind of really overwhelmed with the influx, the influx of people who just need somebody to talk to or need somebody to recognize that they exist and the impact that that has on somebody's personhood to feel that lonely and to feel just that isolated from others around them, it's hard to just tell those people, all right, you can go outside now, you can go talk to those. We spent a year in, in, in some change outside of uh, just relating to people on a normal level or relating to people. And, and even before the pandemic, there was already some difficulty with that because of the rise of social media and things like that. And so again, talking about those exacerbated issues and things that are now, we're you know magically out of the pandemic whatever that means and we're supposed to flip a switch well those things are hard when you in your mind you are still impacted by all of the things that occurred during the pandemic and so when we'll be able to take those uh, proverbial clothes off I'm not quite sure. You brought
0: it up with flipping a magic switch people just seem to be acting like we are out of the pandemic but I don't I wouldn't think that we are because other countries are really suffering right now
1: well and i think this points back to those kind of lingering things that stay with us for you know even after the pandemic the fears of why is everybody not taking things how i'm taking them am i overreacting am i being dramatic why aren't why aren't these particular things happening the way that i maybe thought that they would and so all of those things again stay with you and it really just depends on a variety of circumstances as to how Uh, pervasive that is.
2: I think people are celebrating just a little bit and it is a reprieve. I remember honestly the first time I didn't have to wear a mask grocery shopping. I spent so much time in there and I didn't even (laughs) realize I was doing it. I wasn't doing it on purpose. It was just I was so used to run in run out not be around and it wasn't so much that I was worried about the virus. I indeed was but it just wasn't I didn't like seeing humanity like that and I didn't like seeing people get angry and fight over food and fight over toilet paper and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, you know, I think people are enjoy. you know, part of it's the weather, too. It's finally nice out, so people are going to be gathering outdoors again. The one interesting thing is people still don't shake hands. It's like the one, you know, if you meet somebody new or you don't hug them, you don't shake their hands and, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, to me, that's the one thing I've noticed because where I live, you don't, there's not really a mask mandate anymore. You don't have your temperature taken anymore, gyms are open. But the handshaking still doesn't seem to happen.
1: Yeah, and I'd say on this end, definitely seeing the the differences in between introverts and extroverts, how they handled it. And of course, I'm talking introvert and extrovert really has to do with how you get your energy and less about how you behave. People tend to get outgoing outgoing and extrovert mixed up. But uh, it's been interesting because during the pandemic, Uh, the way introverts kind of live their life, meaning that they go home, they read a book instead of maybe going out to a party or something like that. That was kind of celebrated. And now everybody just wants to be outside again. (laughs) And so the introverts are having a little bit of a switch of like, okay, wait, now I'm expected to go to this party with my friends. And then that kind of creates some anxiety too. And then, you know, for the extroverts, spending so much time within the pandemic where you can't really do the things where you typically go get energy, how did they cope? How did they you know, make the switch? And now they're just supposed to go out and act how they did prior to the pandemic. It's, it's definitely a transition period. And, and like you were saying, I think people are definitely celebrating that there's some freedom in what they can do. And then after that, I'm not sure what happens next.
0: Chris Jewell, with this pandemic, did we see people's true colors come out? Or was it just what the situation was? For instance, you see a lot of people being very mean on social media, one direction or the other, depending on which side you fall. And I just wonder, is that something that we are seeing these people for who they are, or fear is causing them to act that way? And that might also be an oversimplification. I don't know.
1: My Angelo has a quote, and it says, when people show you who they are, believe them. However, we got information that we got, whether it's fear based, whether it's because people were isolated and, you know, they had Twitter fingers and had somebody's social media to back them up or, you know, just because people, again, were scared and didn't know what to expect. And and fear, like you said, makes us do some interesting things and maybe some things that are outside of our character to do. That being said, at some level, we have information. We have we have the understanding and the capacity now that means that we have to do something about it in and, and whatever way that that is, whether it's maybe our government stepping up in different ways, or maybe it's our family stepping up in different ways, or our school system set, stepping up in different ways. And so uh, I'm not sure if it's a question of whether or not we've seen our true colors and more of a conversation about what have we been teaching and what have we been doing. From your vantage point, what was the
0: number one point that people were missing with the pandemic? Was it getting together with family? Was it getting out and about with friends?
1: Um, I would say the biggest thing people miss is the link between kind of general health that we think about it in terms of physical health and fitness and mental health, is those things that we are doing, the the gathering with friends, You know, maybe going out and waving to everybody you know, that has a huge impact on your mental health. And so when you're isolated for a long period of time, one, it's very difficult to kind of snap that back. I was just in the grocery store the other day and um, there was a family who was standing a little bit closer than six feet and I started to get nervous. And even that, you know, heightened awareness, the way that that may translate for somebody who already has uh, symptoms or concerns with anxiety or maybe somebody who, you know, struggles with OCD, things like that and and patterns like that were celebrated and expected during the pandemic. And so now that we've kind of flipped a switch and said, all right, everything back to normal, how do we get those people on board and and flip them back as well? How do we uh, celebrate those parts that we kind of turned off and how do we really take care of uh, the people in society, you know, take better care of our mental health and our physical health and have a, a renewed understanding of how those things are intertwined.
0: You mentioned it a little bit ago about some of these effects lingering, and you just brought it up there. Being in the grocery store, looking on TV and seeing full stadiums, full concerts, it just seems so foreign now. And it seems like it was Decades ago that we were able to be that close. Does that make any sense?
1: Yes. No, it does. And I think what you're touching on is just the idea of normalcy and how much the issues and the differences in our surrounding can truly impact us Uh, we see this a lot in underserved communities what the environment can do and what it can suggest for their mental health now we're looking at what it does and how everybody's been able to experience just that little bit of it that underserved communities uh in all the time what that really feels like now that we've kind of all experienced it to a certain extent
0: what kind of positive steps forward do you both see on both nutrition and mental health from lessons learned here from the pandemic. Tara?
2: From nutrition, a lot of people have a n- appreciation for nutrition that maybe they didn't have before. When they were forced to cook at home and be with their families and have family dinners, hopefully they developed some kind of cooking habits or maybe even on a positive side, a better relationship with their kids or their families. Um, but also it may have taught them how to grocery shop, You know, keeping staples on hand, keeping your freezer stocked, you know, we've never gone through such a pandemic before, and I think a lot of people are used to eating out and just living instantly with doordash and takeout food. Um, but you also took the restaurant experience for granted, and you took the waiters and waitresses and all your mom and pop restaurants for granted. So hopefully you'll see an influx of people wanting to visit those restaurants and support local again.
1: Chris Jewell? As yes, an I' would say on the mental health end again, Cannot stress enough how much it has just made us aware of the impact of mental health in our daily lives. That it's not just uh, about mental health disorders or about um, you know depression, anxiety, but that it's more about your functionality and your daily living and how do you live each day and how do you go about each day. With the pandemic, there has been uh, so many just terrible things that we've become more aware to. Again, there's that word of you know heightened uh, domestic violence. Um, heightened abuse, maybe uh, some exacerbated, like I said earlier, mental health disorders in terms of depression, anxiety, OCD. But then also we saw an increase in elder abuse in elder homes, and so it's that idea, again, that it makes us more aware of what those disparities are so that we can do something about it. We can't do anything about things that we don't see and that we don't understand. And so now we have a level playing field in the terms of we can see now, and now that we see, we can do. With those
0: exacerbated conditions, is it something that could be lingering with us for the next decade, or is that potentially too long, maybe just a couple years? I mean, how long down the line do you think for a typical person could the
1: effects of the pandemic linger? Well, I mean, again, I'm glad you brought that up because it's hard to say how long. There have even been some mental health concerns that have come up because people have contracted COVID. And so things like confusion, things like um, maybe depression, anxiety, because maybe you never get... taste taste or smell back, and you don't know when that's going to occur. Then you've got to think about grief of the families and people who lost family members and things like that. You've also got to think about uh, the collective grief that we've experienced just from the the things that we lost in general of, you know, lost the ability to do X, Y, and Z. And so who knows how long this will last? Um, There is definitely a disparity uh, within that because people have uh, different access to resources so different access to uh, mental health therapists mental health clinicians Uh, people have different access to gyms and and ways to to be active. Ways to be active uh, definitely influence hormones and endorphins and things like that. And all of those hormones contribute to the level of your mental health. And so it depends on whether or not we take the information we've gotten from the pandemic and use it to help people get better access to the things that will make them feel and do better.
0: What communities have been hit the hardest Mentally, because of COVID 19.
1: It's hard to say which ones have bit the been hit the hardest and more to do with which ones have just been hit. It's hard to kind of put levels on things, but I would say uh, that it's true with, you know, what we have learned with the disparities with the hospitals and getting access to vaccines or getting access to treatment, how far you are away from the hospital. Who does that point to? That points to people of underserved communities. That points to people of color. That points to what we would traditionally call a minority in our society.
0: Do you think that the stigma is slowly or quickly going away because of this pandemic with asking for help?
1: Uh, I would say there there are a lot of things that contribute to the stigma going down. And so, yes, I would agree that the stigma is going down. But I think part of what needs to be in the discussion is because people were indoors, they relied on social media a lot. And the push for social media and the information that different people who use social media are giving via TikTok, via just little, you know, videos and uh, maybe little informational slides that people have been just educating their friends and educating other people on their page what they may be experiencing with uh, different things. I was Before I walked in here today, I was watching a video of a mom who has a child who struggles with autism, and she dedicates her entire page to teaching people how to relate to children who may be uh, having a different symptomology of having autism just out uh, maybe in the grocery store or this particular video I saw, she was uh, at the African-American Museum. And so there, there's a lot to say for the power of social media and how it has helped us during this pandemic. What kind
0: of mental health tips and nutrition tips do you two have going forward for rest summer this fall, especially as we keep opening up more and more and students will be coming back to campus here in the fall?
2: As it relates to food access, so two very angles for nutrition, one is you have access, one is you are food insecure. But for um, food insecurity, um, there are so many governmental programs and there's so many food pantries in the area. Um, I know that the WIC program is still on waivers until September 30th, so that's a good thing. It just means that you don't have to physically go to the clinic to be eligible for waivers. Um, there's a lot of SNAP benefits, there's food pantries, and just a lot of churches do outreach. So there is help if you are able to ask for it and know where it is. Um, For those of, um, you know, for those who have access, you know, get back to using food for what it was beyond just the eating value. You know, it's the social gatherings and the cookings and the eating not just for nutrition, but for all the mental health reasons too.
1: Yeah, and I would say on, on this end that uh the pandemic if nothing else again has made us more aware and particularly with uh, mental health concerns that awareness works in your favor that awareness teaches you how to really listen to yourself and how to um you know listen to your thoughts have a better relationship with yourself and so do those things your your body has a way of bringing you back to an equilibrium if you just listen and so the important takeaway there is to become friends with yourself, become friends with your body. In this case, talking about, um, you know, dietary concerns, but then also mental health. Be friends with your body, find out uh, what you like, what you don't like, all of those things you can do regardless of what type of access that you have and then make sure that you are advocating for yourself on, the, on your personal front in terms of doing the things that your body is asking you for whether it's you know better food or, or or I guess more you know healthy food or um even just things that your body is asking for in terms of like what are your hobbies what are the things that you like doing what are the, how would you like to get your energy how would you like to spend your time and then again doing those things and I think uh, when people begin to do that, um, it'll really see, or it'll it'll really help us see an increase and in, in, an improvement in people's mental health as we move forward. Final thoughts.
2: The most common side effect of COVID pandemic from a nutrition perspective was probably weight gain. Um, and you are, if you did gain a little bit of weight during COVID, just know that you're not alone. Um, a lot of people went through really, really hard times, both from food security, job stress, Excessive snacking, portion size is too big, lack of activity. If you do gain weight, you're not alone. There's plenty of help in the community. There's registered dietitians doing telehealth, widely available right now. But also just change your relationship with food and get back to doing the things you were doing pre-pandemic. And be out and about and you know, change what you eat. Try some new recipes. And I think you'd be surprised that that weight should come off.
1: And I would say final thoughts in terms of the mental health front is really, again, underlining that link between physical health and mental health. In a lot of cases, they are one and the same. And if nothing else, they affect each other. And so on your endeavor to become physically healthy as well, please do not, do not uh, negate the mental health aspect of that and the motivation it takes, that's mental health, to get back on track physically, however you see that. Or the... Uh, energy or the concentration or even the understanding that it takes to get back to again wherever you want to be physically and also not uh, neglecting what you've learned during the pandemic about the importance of friends the importance of relationships uh, the importance of getting to know yourself and doing the things that you like in whatever phase you're in again underlining making sure that you understand the link between cannot say that enough mental health and physical health
0: Krissa Jewell-Allen and Tara Wind, thank you so much for taking your time and talking with us today.
1: Thank you. Thank
0: you. Well, that's it for season two, episode 15 of Talk Like a Pirate. But before you go, we want to pass on a couple pieces of information. ECU has several ways to help you. The first one to mention is the Navigate Counseling Clinic, which our guest, Krissa Jewell-Allen, is a mental health clinician for. Their services are free for ECU students, employees, and the surrounding communities. Their website is dars.ecu.edu. That is spelled D is in David, A R S is in Sam.ecu.edu. D A R S.ecu.edu. Or you can call them at 252-744-0328. That's 252-744-0328. Now, students can also contact Student Health Services, either through ECU's website, which is ecu.edu, or by calling 252-328-6841. That's 252-328-6841. There's also the Center for Counseling and Student Development. You can find that on ECU's website as well, or by calling 252-328-6661. That's 252-328-6661. And as alluded to a minute ago, the help isn't just for students. ECU has the faculty and staff assistance program. Now, if you're outside of ECU, there are programs available to help you and you can find them through an internet search. As we talked about earlier, there is absolutely zero shame in wanting some help or to talk to someone. So please take advantage of that because we all need some help from time to time. As always, thank you so very much for taking your time to listen to us. We really do appreciate it. Until the next time, please stay safe and healthy. And don't forget, always be yourself unless you can be a pirate. Then always be a pirate.